Yeah, here. We're fine. You're going to keep the click on the whole time? Uh, oh. No, I just turned the click off. We're recording right now, actually. Oh. And a five, six, seven. And a five, six, seven. Yeah, we try to do candid starts here. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <clears throat> so what's going on, guys? What's up? Welcome to Get in the Garage. I'm Mike. I have Luke. We have Jeff. We have Cameron. We have Mac. Tell us, uh, what's the name of your guys' studio? Black Door Sound. Black Door Sound? We started Black as Door Sound. Rose City yeah. Sound. Rose City Sound. Oh, okay. Oh, because yeah. Norwich. Yep. Right, the Rose City. Gotcha. Yeah, we nice. really original with that one. Nice. <laughs> it's the Rose of Connecticut, Norwich is. Yeah, I don't know why. Just take Norwich a drive through there. Connecticut, New England. Oh, is it? Respect. It's the, oh, it's the, the sign. It's the, all right. Maybe just the thorn of Connecticut. Yeah, the thorn. Right, right. It's one dead flower. It's Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's seen better days. Anyway, so where are you guys based out of? <laughs> so now we're... Not Norwich. Not Norwich. We were not Norwich. Norwich yeah. Then we went to Plainfield, and Mac, my... Lovely partner in crime is all over the map. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I kind of just like freelance everywhere I can. I my I say yes to everything, or at least I try to. Yeah. So I'll stay busy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Webster, Mass, and I went to uh, school for audio engineering in um, in Wachusett. So when we started okay. this in Norwich, I was driving from school in Wachusett to Norwich and back, and we were just always just constantly doing stuff. So, yeah. but right now I'm working out of another studio in. I have to say this right, Glastonbury. Oh yeah, Glastonbury. He keeps calling it. I call it Glastonbury. Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. Gloucester. Yeah. Gloucester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I can't help it. It just comes out all. The yeah. Time. No, dude. We live in New England, man. That's yeah. just that's how it is. That's it. Yeah. So, so Glastonbury. Glastonbury. And that, and I'm in Plainfield right now, so I do work out of yeah. my house. It's kind of like a mixing mastering setup right now, but I nice. do I do like record people there too. Nice, nice. So how did you guys meet then? You uh, came to our first show. Yeah, I think I came right. to a runner a runaround show. Yeah, it was a runaround show, yeah. right? And we met. Yeah, yeah. And then I didn't see him again for like two or three years. Yeah, they forced me not to talk to him because yeah. he was too weird. Because yeah. <laughs> you were too weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was weird at the time. Definitely. Oh, was he? He was just going through. It was a phase. No, no, <laughs> no. He's been the same. I guess. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I should say at the time. Now. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nice. So well, when so when did you guys actually finally like come together to be like, all right, let's do this, like let's do the studio thing, like for real? Oh, a studio, because th- uh, isn't that band? Yeah. No, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Continue. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. After the band ended, um, I was working kind of part time at a buddy's studio a little bit. Uh, Mac was. Mm. You, you were already in school, or? Yeah, you I probably just started. Yeah. Yeah. And we just wanted to do something fun. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much it. I had kind of I was booking shows for a while, and oh, that's a reminder. Oh, not to be oh. late today. No, that's, that's <laughs> no, that wasn't me. My phone is also ringing at the same time, <laughs> but that's not. Uh, that was <laughs> you need to be here. Um. So yeah, carry on. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so, you were booking shows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and that kind of I kind of trailed off with that, and you know, just to try something different and yeah. fun. And uh, I asked, said, you know, let's do it. He was kind of doing it in his basement uh, for a bit, and I found a commercial space in Norwich, and um, they were cool with it. They let us do whatever we wanted, whatever construction we wanted. Mm-hmm. He was pretty much on board. Um, yeah, you know, that was we shared nice. it with an upholster. 
Yeah, an upholster, yeah. and then someone actually lived there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is not legal. Yeah. I don't know how part-time it was. Um, the upholster did custom upholstery and furniture for, like, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, like, other musicians. Uh, so it, it like, kind of fit in. Yeah, yeah, it was very strange. That was a very strange spot. The lady mm. that lived there has no relevance. Uh, just there. Wow. And it was an explanation every time. So do you so when you guys moved out, do you guys like do are you guys kinda handling the same amount that you were before or more? Or cause you've been kinda like uh maybe like what would you call it, renting out studios to Yeah, in a sense. So I'm just like a freelance engineer. We do things like really differently now, which is pretty but I like the way I do it. So I have like a bunch of jobs. I work at like Pomfret School, which is Pomfret Prep, or not Pomfret Prep, but it's a private school, and I do like AV stuff there, so I'm kind of in the arts department there. That's really cool. I teach a class at Manchester Community College for uh, electronic music composition, but for studio stuff, I'm just going anywhere I can. If people want me to engineer for them in their basement, I go do that. I, you know, I was working at my parents' house when we moved to, uh, before we moved to Norwich, and I just try to make it happen wherever we are, but um for the the Glastonbury thing um it's just another studio there it's like home studio and he just uh, has me go up there and engineer bands that are going there I do a lot of like choir work for people so I'll go to churches and uh they do like vocal performances in there and so you're a teacher I I'm a teacher yeah, yeah. well kind of yeah. yeah I just started so professor professor <laughs> um <laughs> okay so that's I think that's like well, it's pretty interesting because, like, it's more like a modern, like, you just go or doing it. You're very passionate about it. Um, did you – say you said you just started teaching it. Do you like that that aspect, and do you – are you learning new things while teaching oh, that's at great. the same time? Like, Or, like, kids yeah. like, hey, have you seen this or thought about that or – Yeah, so I try to dive really far into, like, what are you guys listening to? What do you like? Why do you like this? Like, what's going on in, the, in your music world? Because they're – you know, they're like 10 years younger than me or, you know, maybe eight to 10 years younger than me. Some of them are a little bit older, but they're listening to more popular things or surprisingly, they're listening to more like musically like uh, advanced things than the popular stuff right now, which is really cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely learning a lot of um, a lot of different things on why these these kids or these younger this younger generation, why they like certain music and stuff and kind of getting into um what's popular now and in what kind of uh production techniques they think is really interesting which is totally different from like my era and probably your guys era too because you know rock music is totally different than what's happening right now right so yeah that's what i wanted to ask you so like you're getting kind of thrown into the context of like pop not well yeah i guess i say pop production right because that's mostly what people are kind of wanting to learn right and i know because we all kind of come from the guitar band background Mm -hmm. yeah like is that do you find it a creative space where you are like enjoying being in that world or do you like still want to produce like a really good rock album still like deep down like how do you take those two elements and combine them that's a really really like tough kind of question because i love every aspect of music period like literally everything i just love i love storytelling and i love songwriting and i think that's as i've grown older and and it sounds silly to say because i'm so young obviously still but like as i've like done this more and more and more 
uh, at the heart of it, I love songwriting. So it doesn't matter what the genre is and it doesn't matter what the sonic landscape of it is. Like, I don't really care as long as it's good songwriting. But yes, like, rock band's really fun. Like, I always want to set up <laughs> drums and, and just, like, fucking put some mics out and just fucking smash them with compressors. So, uh, but yeah, pop music's fun too. But that's what everybody's doing. Like, everybody's making stuff on their computers. Yep. And it's great. And it's a, what a wonderful time to be alive for musicians in 2020 to just be able to, like, type out MIDI drums or type out anything and have a wonderful song that can go to uh, top 100, like Billie Eilish or something in their fucking bedroom. Yeah, man. It's wild. Anybody can do it. Uh, seriously. So. And Cameron, how has your, like, getting a, like, because I know. When we were younger, me and Cameron were in a band together, and like we experimented with recording for the first time with like you know with each other. We were like trying to figure it out. We had no idea what we were doing. You knew more than I did for some reason intuitively. Um, so, like, what do you enjoy about it now? And do you think it because you do you think you like more learned naturally by yourself kind of kind of deal how to record music and no i don't think i did at all um so tell yeah so because like i i I know i because me and cameron hung out up to a certain point and i know he was competent in recording up to a certain point because we had worked on our own projects together and like where did you get it where you're like now i can like do this i don't know if i i think realizing your strengths and weaknesses knowing you know hey i should hire this guy that's really good you know i'd been hanging around mac while he was recording i thought this makes way more sense to bring him into the fold because he would bring an element that i could never bring and i could focus on you know customer service and just you know having a happy consumer really was sort of my focus and just melding those two and you just kind of knowing what your lane is i think you know yeah we i I think there's a lot of it Yeah. yeah we never I think part of it is we never like got in each other's business about it. Like he would record and I wouldn't say a word and I wouldn't, you know, I'd give an opinion, Yeah. but we were very good that we stayed in our, our lane and played our role. And I don't know. I think that's a lot of what made it, you know, we turned over a lot of work pretty we, much right we off did the a gate. A lot of work like, out the gate and I was going to school and like you were just building like yeah. this, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's part of it too. I mean, having to build the place physically, I mean, it was just one big open space. Um, so I don't know, like pretty much from the day we opened, I mean, we were busy the first day. And I think a lot of that was just we focused on what we were good at and didn't, you know, I don't know. It's sort of a self-awareness thing, I think. Definitely. It was a lot of learning from just that. The the It's it's weird to think about because it's not like the, the, the goal of the studio is not necessarily to like be an amazing studio per se. It's just about to getting everybody like happy with their work. And us getting better at what we like to do, which I wanted to get into just recording music a lot more, especially after uh, the runaround being at the Boston studio. I saw that. That was awesome. And I was just like, I I love music. Like, let's get into this. And then you just wanting to start a business. It could have been anything for you. Yeah. No, I just, um, you know, it's always fun to do something fun with someone that you like. Yeah, totally. You know, and I wanted to, you know, really just concentrate on, you know, building a business. I had never really done that. Sounds like a great collaboration there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like super transparent with each other, so we'll be screaming at each other sometimes. <laughs> we will. We will scream in each other's faces and then walk away and then call each other five minutes later. Yeah. That well, I I, did, I probably didn't really answer your question. But. No, no, no. That was that was great. I now I like okay. So you guys mentioned that you 
I feel like I'm asking all the questions here. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, no, by I'm, all means, I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. So, you, what did you guys start <laughs> like when you guys first started? You said you like did a ton of work. What kind of work were you doing? Like, what were you guys cutting your teeth on? Anything. <laughs> like, like, did did it have like a certain lean to it? Were your customers more this, more that? Yeah, more? definitely. Well, it's just the natural aesthetic of Connecticut, which is like kind of like. Yeah. What, what is? What do you want to call it? Like bar rock. Oh, jam. A rock. lot of a lot of jam band yeah. bar rock. Um, we did the real talk. Pre-pro We did stuff. pre-pro for some bands, Real like, Talk pre-pro. That was really fun. But that's because punk. we knew them. Yeah, and we did have a lot of out-of-Connecticut bands. Yeah. You know, like regionally that came through. Um, and a lot of pre-pro work, too. Like a, a band that was going to go record at another studio, and we did, you know, like oh, demos. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, and some, you know, structural things. Are you guys doing, like, a lot of rap, a lot of hip-hop, that kind of stuff? Or are you guys not so much on that element? Um, I will do, like I've said, I'll do anything. Um, but, we've, um, we've done it. We've done it. We've done a lot of it. Um, at that time, no. I don't know why either. It just it just didn't come yeah. to us at that time. No. Um, but well, the, afterwards, yeah, we did a lot more. Yeah. 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 And lo- a lot of pop, you know, doing the Elijah project. Uh, oh, I love Elijah. We did. You know Elijah? Yeah. Yeah, we did. From Plainfield? Yeah. 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 Yep, we did his EP and then his full length. And then uh, I did a couple more singles from him, uh, which good was stuff. Cool. I've heard it. It I is like your work. He's a, he's a yeah. he's a good dude. He's yeah. really he's like he's really intelligent. So, and he's he's a great songwriter. So, yeah. it's that that was a lot of fun to work on, and that and that was a lot just alone. I mean, just just his work was probably like I don't know thirty songs, something like that. And then the Motion Radio Maybe. project was that was a that long, was huge long project. Yeah, that was the first. All right, that was the first full length that i've ever done and what band was that uh motion radio the okay f- the 14 watts record that was literally like the first thing i ever did and that was pro i was what six months eight months that was a long was time a long it was time. at least six months yeah we had they so they pre-recorded drums and had guitar stuff and then uh did bass but we ended up basically redoing everything but drums um on some of it uh or, or a lot of it and we did all the vocals and stuff at the, at the top a lot of auxiliary a lot of auxiliary, yeah. yeah. That was a lot a, of group vocal sessions that were fun. Yeah, Br- they brought in what fourteen or fifteen people. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen people pre-COVID. And, pre-COVID uh, yeah, pre-COVID. It, it was, was it was tight. Room. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty tight. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Can and you then, guys talk about um, the layout of your studio? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like just the physical. You're talking the the one in Norwich. Yeah, the rooms or what you have there as far as ISO booths or so anything when like we that. like when what we you guys it. got. Oh okay, yeah. We well, no. tell me both what you guys used to have, what you guys got now. Okay. So when we got Tolman, it was one big open floor plan. It was one open room, yeah. and I you know I kind of had a push to do you know hey can we do construction? This is what we want to do, but they were cool about it. Um, we built one ISO room. Um, you know, and that was pretty much it. I had a little office area in it. Um, I mean, it was pretty simple. I mean, it, it wasn't a huge space, maybe 10 by 8, something like that, or 10 the, by 10. The whole room? Yeah, the the, the booth. Before, oh, the booth alone? Yeah, it was kind of a weird shape. The booth was kind of like, and we keep calling it a booth, but it was like really like a, a live room that was like a rectangle kind of that was maybe like 5 foot by 12, maybe around and then the other part of it was like the control room and it like L'd around it in the far back L uh, I know no one on the podcast can see me pointing with my fingers and talking but you guys get the picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the far back uh, away from everything was Cameron's like little office area and then this is my like, control room on the back part of the L and then the, the live room was kind of in that like little square and how about the space you're in now 
the space I'm in now, there's multiple spaces, but my personal home is basically my living room. Okay. Uh, and it's just like, it's the sunroom basically. So it has like a bunch of huge windows in it and it has two skylights in it, which is really nice. Like not super great for sound, but I think it sounds pretty nice in there because it has the cathedral ceilings and it's like oh. 14 by 18 ish, somewhere a- around Aesthetically there. way nicer. Yeah. Aesthetically yeah, nice yeah. and it's comfortable. And I just got like a, a setup in there. And like I said, it's before it's uh, specific for mixing for me. So I'm really comfortable mixing in there, but we can we can record in there. And I have a snake that can go out. I have a fire pit, so I can record people out by a fire pit if I want. I can record people in my other, my actual living room, which is, like, kind of next to my kitchen. I can pretty much record anywhere in the house. I just have to take the snake out and move it around. So yeah. if I get big projects, like we recorded, I don't know if those were, like, no, that got released. Uh, we recorded Fleet. Uh, I don't know if yeah, you know Danny Fleet. Fleet. Danny yeah. Fleet, yeah. yeah. We did a project in, in my home for there, and that was fun. So we had some things set up in the living room for that. We recorded sax in the living room and drums in, in my studio room and some other stuff. And uh, we recorded a hardcore band, Northern Life. We did demos for them in there. And that was really fun to be able to just put drums in, like, a different room. So that's fun. But it's just, like, my house. So it's not it's not it, like it's, a studio studio. It's interesting to go from a commercial to a residential. Absolutely. And, like, they have different pros and cons. Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about it, that... You know, it's really cool, you know, for commercial space to, hey, I got to go to work and you get in your car and you drive there. And then now for you, you don't have to go 10 feet. Yeah. And I, I miss driving to work. <laughs> right. So it's, it, it's, I'm sure it's hard for you to, okay, I'm going to close the project and go to bed now. Definitely. Because I'm constantly working on shit. It must be a lot harder to have the boundary. There's because no whereas boundary in Tallman, right you like, yeah. hey, I got to go home. It's, I got an hour drive. Yeah. And it's 11. Yeah, there's no boundary. Like, if someone messages me and, like, can I get a quick revision or something, depending on the type of project or depending on, like, the, like, severity of, like, how quickly it needs to get done, I'll just be like, yeah, sure. It's, like, 3 in the morning. I'm sleeping. And someone texts me. I'm like, okay. Just get up and go in the other room, turn it on. Yeah. Great for the client. So. Yeah. Yeah. But in the, you know, if it's Tallman, or we keep calling it Tallman, if it's uh, Rose City Sound, uh, I I couldn't do that because I lived an hour and a half away from that studio. So I I would have to be like, oh, I'll... uh, I can get it to you next time I'm in there for a session. <laughs> so great for the band. I, I don't know how it is in your psyche. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and the Gloss, the Glastonbury Studio is kind of cool too. That's a little different. So that's like a, uh, it's it's got a it's a house, <clears throat> the top floor of a house, and it's got a control room. That's probably like I don't know. It's like a square ish, but it's got a weird shape, so it sounds good in there too, which is nice. And maybe like ten by ten, but it has like a little cove in the back of it for we kind of traps a lot of bass in there, and there's some treatment in there. And then there's a nice uh, live room that's all hardwood floor, and it has a fireplace, and it has like a bookshelf, so that's kind of diffuses the sound, and it has a skylight and a and kind of like cathedral ceiling ish kind of thing. And that's where we track a lot of vocals and a lot of acoustic instruments mm-hmm. uh, or strings or. Or, or whatever is going on at that time. And then we have a, there's a carpeted like addition to the house that's probably like 12 by like eight maybe. So it's not like huge, but that's where we do like mostly drums and stuff. And that's kind of like the open area. So we can get a lot of uh, either full bands in there or, or farther away room mics. And, and that's a lot of fun to do too. It's safer. Yeah. Well, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so lots of options for room sounds and. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah totally. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Throw, we can. Put I mean, mics some of, some of our favorite albums are those ones that you know people stayed in a mansion and recorded in the stairwell or oh, in the yeah. living room and stuff like that. Yeah. Zeppelin yeah. stuff and. Yeah. Yeah, you awesome. can't recreate that stuff with fake 
fake reverbs. Uh, it's yeah. it's all about like original. Although the way I like to look at it with recording things or getting sounds is just having original sound, like as much original sound as possible. Right. Uh, so if you need to just fucking do something that sounds weird, do it. Like if you need to throw throw a mic in a garbage can right. and have the garbage can in the room and tr- you're tracking drums and do yeah. that, it sounds cool. It's original. No one else is going to do that. Or yeah, you right. put it in a coffee cup or a mug or something random, like just yeah. some weird thing. Um, so I like to do a lot of that stuff and I like to commit immediately to s- things. So that helps too. It's hard in 2020. I'm going off on a little chance. No, sorry, no. But, we're, yeah, I, that's, no. This is enjoyable. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Good. Yeah. It's hard in 2020 cause you have so many choices, right? You right. have like amp sims and you have like a bunch of, you can go back in your project files and you can, Oh, maybe this drum takes better. Maybe this one's better. And it's just like, which of these 90 digital reverbs am I going to use? Right. And it's just like, don't do it. Like just you, commit. commit you, so commit you're a fan of, the, uh, like maybe like more like immediacy like it's yeah. in the moment let's get it like yeah. and just keep it keep it rolling yeah I'm a fan of do shit as quick as because you could spend all day and you'll never yeah. tweak you know, find it, a solution yeah. and yeah. no answer is not the answer yeah there's um there obviously there's like you got to take a step back and make sure you're doing everything that you need to do to get the right sounds mm-hmm. and you gotta tr- you gotta work with artists to make sure that they're what they want to record and what's coming out of them is, is what they want uh, but also at the same time, it's like you can't spend forever talking about whether it should be uh, also or and. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like yeah, a word yeah, choice yeah. or something that's not going to – like does it help the song? Cool. Let's do it. Does it not help the song? Let's get rid of it. Unless yeah. you're working on a rumors budget. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just kind of – So, yeah, that, and that's the, that's the question. Do yeah. you sometimes – or like will you guide people by not giving them options because like i know like what limited i would know is i would be like let's just get it let's get it rolling and i wouldn't want all the options on the table so do you kind of have to like look at somebody and like like how do you look at somebody and really know like what is best for them versus what they you know what i mean what they're coming at you and is there ever that push of like what they want what they don't want and what you know it is like i know this is what we should do yeah definitely that's a hard one you gotta kind of be like a psychologist and you gotta and i'm not set like no because i know it's like you're because you're working with yeah. people's art and so people's art is so delicate to them it's absolutely like, it's yeah. like a flower and you're gonna crush it and then they get angry and, and upset yeah and... i'm very apologetic all the time while I'm <laughs> i probably shouldn't be uh the, I, I, yeah. yeah yeah no go ahead i was please. gonna say yeah the thing too is is like i feel like a lot of the artists get all the credit and say like maybe like the mainstream not always but like in other words, what I'm trying to say is that, like, I think people forget how important the producer role is in your recording because you kind of have to just wrangle it all up and just be like, all right, okay, all right, you know, like, let's, this goes here, this go, you know what I mean? Because I, musicians are kind of like a little, you know, like all over the place, all over times. the place, right? Yeah, yeah, scattered and stuff like that. If you have so many musical ideas, you can kind of like take them and go, okay, like, all right, this goes here, this goes there, let's do this, let's do that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I never I never want to say, like, I know – I want to make this clear. I do not know best. I just know what my ears tell me. That yeah. doesn't mean that it's right. That doesn't mean that it's, that it's wrong either. It just means that, yeah. like, I listen to a lot of music. I like this kind of music. If you're going to someone to 
to work on your music, you should be going to them because you like how they hear things, not right. because they're cheap or not right, because right, they're right. in a huge studio. Like yeah. it doesn't matter at this point in yeah. time. It does Doesn't not matter, matter not how big your studio is. It matters like what they like and how they listen and how they yeah. interpret music. And you should go to that person for that. Yeah. So when I talk to people about things, uh, very rarely is a song like, and even with like bigger songs, very rarely is it like, well, that's done. That was a great song. Like, we don't need anything else. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes when it is, they don't want that. And that's that's fine. Um, I don't want to get too far down this hole. But, um, yeah, I just, like, suggest, what do you want? Like, uh, I have an option for you. Let's try it. Or yeah. sometimes I don't say any. Sometimes I hold back information on purpose because I want them to work it out. Um, I'm not the kind of person that's, like, a dictator in doing things like that because – I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's right. I want to know like what their art is telling them, and yeah. in my idea it could be wrong. My ears could be just telling me what I want to hear and not what they actually want to come out have right, happen. Right. So, so there's a balance there. It's totally balanced, yeah. and it's there's no right or wrong way to do anything. Right, right. I, and it's different every time. It's different every time. Yep. Yeah, it's totally different every time. But I, I love, I love the game. It's totally a game. It's totally like a puzzle. Just yeah. working with someone like, well, how does this person think? How does this person hear? With the uh, like, because you said you guys have done a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of rap and mm. stuff like that. Do you find that in that style um when you were doing production for that were you kind of part of the creation of like the tracks and the beats and stuff like that or did they generally just come to you and be like hey i have like these instrumentals i want to do this 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 over them and you're like okay cool like are you well, with hip-hop are you ever given any sort of like creative control in terms of like the the beat or the instrumentation side of things? Um, a little bit. I'll have some ideas. It depends. Like, so a lot of the time, the way that I like to work, holy shit, I'm sorry, I'm just watching the skateboarding thing that fucking... <laughs> I, I think it was Brian Anderson or someone. I don't know. Just <laughs> jumped off a bridge. true, true holy bro crap. today. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was going to die. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I've set up a vibe down here. I've been watching skate videos on loop on YouTube. It's pretty great. I'm a skate... Like, I'm a true, like, blood skateboarder, so, like, I can't yeah. stop looking at it. But, um... <laughs> Beats in in hip hop, yeah. I uh, not a lot of the time they come to me with instrumentals. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is right now. Yeah. Um. And and honestly, a lot of the a lot of the artists don't they don't really make their own. They kind of just go on Beat Stars or something and download it, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally down for that. I love that. Um. And they have a lot. Uh, they have a good voice, and uh, they're they're down to kill it. And when I listen to things like that, or when I listen to music, I just I let myself get bored. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like my thing. If I get bored, something needs to change. Yeah. Um, or at least I think so. And I'll talk with them and be like, okay, so like I'm bored in this section of the song. Why am I bored in this section of the song? Like yeah. maybe we need to, maybe there needs to cut out bass. Maybe there's no bass right here. And you, you'll you be surprised at what the absence of sound does mm. to things. And yeah. I, I kind of always talk to people yeah. like this, like instead of just adding a bunch of stuff to it because you think it needs more, sometimes you just need to like delete some stuff. Yeah. And because um, music is Too also. Too much going on, Don't man. saturate. Yeah. Yeah, music is also the absence of sound. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's but that's a tough lesson to learn too. And we yeah. have a, we have a network of, you know, if if you were a rapper that wanted to come in but you didn't have oh, it beats was and you yeah. you didn't want to pay for I mean, we have a network of people we could send you to go get beats done that will yeah. do them custom. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice, nice. Can, Absolutely. Can you explain to me this this beat buying website? Because I am truly ignorant to this. You, is oh, there you, like a thing? Oh, a lot can you explain oh, yeah, it to me? Yeah. You just um, it's just licensing music. It's the same thing that you would do if you had a TV show. If you, on this podcast you want music, it's the same thing. You just go, you license music, and you uh, you basically uh, finance it or lease yeah. it or whatever it is, depending on what you need to do. Yeah. Uh, so. When an artist that is a it could be pop music, it doesn't have to be rap. It could be it could be pop music. It could even be rock music. There's some websites for that. Um, you go and you say like, I want to spend this much money 
maybe it's $100, maybe it's $200, you are allowed, I don't know, 5,000 streams or something. Mm-hmm. And if you get more than that, you have to pay more. If you want if you want the rights to the whole entire thing, you've got to pay more money and then it's yours and there's no tags or anything like that. It all depends on whatever the whatever the uh, the contract is. Yeah. Well, That's crazy to think that it's I that did, I didn't even know now. like that was going yeah, on. Yeah, I had I mean, I knew oh, about the Beats common. thing. That's, I knew that's about the, the studio thing, musician but... life now. Yeah, that's been going on for a yeah. hundred years. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. This is not an original thing. Like Frank Sinatra's music, were not was Frank Sinatra didn't write that. You know right. what I mean? Like or right, yeah. Maybe if you some think, stuff, but like because if you think about it, right? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, we talk about how that like, like how Motown, uh, like every Motown artist has done like the same song. You know, it's like yeah. the similar thing where it's like. You know what I mean? It's just a song exists, and so many artists do it. Except now, the difference is, is that instead of going to Muscle Shoals or going so to it's, wherever, it's like the you're just day. going online, and you're yep. like, "Yep, I like that one. I like that one. I like yep. that one." Uh, so it's like the modern boom, boom, day Brill Building kind of deal. Yeah, right, right. And obviously, there's still those top tier people that are writing music for like Katy Perry and shit. Right. And there's still the Carol Kings, and there's still the Pharrells, and there's still all and Timberlands and all those people. Yeah. But um. There's a I ton just, of music online. I just, I find it interesting that there's a, um, there's like a, a market for like a half made. Yeah. We're gonna have to license that ringtone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Cam. Don't talk too long without peeing. We can't. <laughs> That's why I went pee first. My bad. You can go pee. It's all good. Yeah, you can go pee. Yeah, it's okay. So the alarm beat my body. I'm good. Okay. Oh, all right. I forgot where I was. <laughs> well, no, we're just talking about the availability of music. Oh, yeah. No, I... Okay, I Also, the furnace is going. Yeah, right on. <laughs> we're in a basement. In a basement. Yeah. Um, I think... I just think it's interesting how it's like there's a... Um, there's more of like a market instead of like a... You could just do this yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of mentality. There's like a whole market for the just like, I'll take the prepackaged kind of thing. Yeah. And making your own kind of... You can make your own yeah. industry by doing but that. It's, it's like, very, very interesting. It's all... I think everything really is like that, right? I mean, everything is pretty much convenience-based now. It's like, yeah. how quickly can I just right. like get something and fucking flip it and... You know what I mean? Yeah. Time. Well, the, the attention yeah. span is the number one aspect so short right. of everyone. So time. Right. It's not money. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, because if you think about, I mean, how many hours have we wasted, as I'm sure all of us in the room have wasted, when you're still such a novice at recording and you have, like, GarageBand and you're just, like, trying to get drum sounds for, like, two hours because it's, like, everything is so... I mean, we... Where did we get that mixer? We had this crazy mix like board. Oh, that Cameron, was, remember oh. that Yamaha mixer? Do you have it? Who no, it? it is gone it's at gone this point. It's gone because it fucking fried. That's where I got it from. I it don't, was dead. Cameron, where did you get that Yamaha mixer w- that we used forever? With the, it had wood uh, paneling yeah, on it. I think my dad brought it home. I don't remember. Do you remember? It I must have been. I, what, I think your dad maybe, got it at a like pawn shop. It was dope. It was no, it was, that shop. thing was from the seventies. Oh, it was from the seventies. It had like it was cool, but had a foam pad on it. So many oh, hours. Your hand. Because you figure that mixer's from the 70s, so we're like trying to plug everything into that thing and then do it through a, uh, what was it, an iRig jack into a, an old crappy interface into, you know, Luke's iPad, I think. Did they have the, did it have the RCA jacks on the back? It wasn't quarter inch, it was just like metal circles kind of. Do you oh, yeah. It? I had one of those. We had one at Rose City. You had the same one. I had the same one, and it was, I used it for a motion radio song, and it sounded so nice. It yeah. used it to sound, s- Yeah, it, when we first started messing with it, it was like that nice, warm, almost kind of like yeah, Van Morrison-y kind of, that like, yeah. that... Like, all oh, the channels ended time. up dying in but it. Yeah, though. it all just oh, went no. to shit. Remember, we we used it forever. I know. On, it like, it a was a Buick of, of a mic of a mixer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well said. Yeah. yeah, it was like an old. Uh, Buick. No problemo. Yeah, we recorded the drums with that. Was mixer. that with that? 
Yeah, with that mixer. Oh, and Dan did it. Dan right? did it yeah. with that shitty mixer, and we recorded it on some archaic free recording program. Yes, we did. Oh man, yeah, it's fun. Audacity it or something. Oh, I think it was worse than. Yeah, it might have been Fruit, Audacity. Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops. I don't know. So I think pre Cubase. Cubase, I probably maybe Cubase. That came free. It's like two thousand eight. That came free with a lot of Mbox stuff in like two thousand eight. Around that time, I, I was pretty loaded up on Mbox. You probably did. Have, you had that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was probably Cubase, maybe. I don't know. I just that's why I actually started playing music with Cameron to begin with. Cameron was like, "Will you play with me?" Will you? I was like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> and that's uh, a long that time. sounds like my wife. Yeah. yeah. And so he did the same thing. Like, let's do a studio. N- no, no. no. <laughs> and th- Continue. Yeah. And then finally. Uh, he recorded something by himself, and it sounded better than anything my friends had ever done. And I was like, "Oh well, I gotta go play with Cameron." And I was like, "He figured out how to re- write a song and record it." I was like, "It's most better than we've done so far," because we couldn't figure out how to write a song, and we couldn't figure out how to record it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, Cameron like figured it out. He was like, "Well, you gotta have a verse and a chorus." And we're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> there, was some, there was some intros in there. We're like good. The caveman discovering fire. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what yeah. it, that's what it was. I, that's yeah. what. And as soon as I heard that he had recorded something that had sounded. You know, I was like, that sounds like a song. Yeah. And so that's why we started playing music together to begin with. Yeah. And that was back in the, because we had George on. Yeah. And George was telling us all about your uh, guitar center schemes. Yeah. Buying shitty old Telecasters and beating the fuck out of them. And then just being like, I got I got the full coverage. 45 right. day return. Here, here's the deal. Yeah. It's here's there. The, let's hear it, Kevin. Let me tell you how to, how to make guitar poli- center go bankrupt. It's their policy. Yep. If yeah. they don't like their policy, they should, they should change, change their policy. Yeah. For the first year of the studio, I mean, I bought gear the first time for 45 days. <laughs> well, 44 days. <laughs> we return it. We try the things out. Listen, yep. I'm spending ten thousand dollars. You at least got to let yeah. me try a variety of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We did you George's know? EP with probably Guitar yeah. Center gear that we returned. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fight probably. for your friends. Uh, hopefully, maybe you, probably you just not. put it on a cycle. You know, it, it's yeah. recycling. It's to be really... fair, the other night Luke and I did a podcast that will be released like at a later date. But uh, we were reading. We did a segment called "Reading the Guitar Center Catalog," the holiday catalog. Ooh, love it. And let me just tell you, man, guitar. You know, it's crap. There's a lot it's of crap, crap in there. It's garbage. It's hot fucking garbage, man. I want the old. We talked about it. I want the old musicians' friend catalog that would come and it looked like a bible. It was like this yeah. fucking thick and That's it had everything and like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney. He bought it. Yeah. They what? fired they fired the door people. Remember the door people that used to work there? At Guitar Center. You'd walk in, they'd check your guitar Mitt, in or did, out. Are you for oh, real yeah. Mitt Romney yeah, yeah, yeah. owns Mitt, Guitar Center? He did. He I think it sold again. Okay. But when he bought it, they yeah. scaled it down. Uh no more door people. No more um Well They it's do weird. now they, with COVID. So they fired the door people, but then they added fifteen days to the return policy. So <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> it's a business, not a friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yes. hey, um, Mackenzie, you brought up uh, Cubase. What programs are you guys running for your recording? I am using Logic Pro and uh, Pro Tools. Um, because Mostly because Logic Pro is like what most people write in. Yep. So if I'm collaborating with bands, or if they don't want me to do the whole thing, or if they want me to walk... Like if sometimes I'll get uh, people and I'll work with them and they want me to do like a mix, but like in stock Logic plugins so they can see what I did. Like I'm, ha- I'm happy to do that. So it's kind of like this like learning process where if you want to record with me, we can do like a Logic thing, and I'll mix the song in Logic Stock plugins, and then give you the whole project so you can open it up and continue mixing it if you want. But you can see what I did and cool. maybe why. Yeah, 
Um, but I use I uh, I'm kind of get I want to get into like basically everything. But that's what's really popular right now. Sure. Yeah. Right on. Right on, guys. Um, I wanted to talk to you about just like who are some of the um, some of the artists that you're recording like right now. Is there anybody that like is kind of exciting you guys like oh, yeah. in the process? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Standouts. Um, um, well, I'm constantly working with stuff, but um, there's I'm working with uh, Bryce French, who's from like the Hartford area. I'm doing a couple songs with him. Uh, I I love working with him. He's just a singer songwriter, just trying to write as much stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. COVID quarantine's been pretty crazy because everybody's just been writing and killing it. Um, at least the people that I've been talking to. So that's awesome. He wrote like sixty three songs. Whoa, or a lot of something dumb floating around. Like, the world. and yeah. obviously they're not like complete complete songs, but like a verse and a chorus and a bridge like for 60 songs is good for you like if yeah. you can do that you're great so he picked three that he wanted to do right now we're working on three um i'm doing a full length with uh a singer songwriter maya dobbs uh she's really cool i love i love her music she's just this is gonna be her first full length that she's doing and we've been working on that for quite a while now a couple months it's been a little hard with covid happening we're trying to be safe but um but that's a lot of fun. Kate um, and James and Darling. Oh, Kate and James. Uh, they are um, they're offbeat souls, as they're called. They're uh, that's a really cool project. She's got a phenomenal voice, and um, he's uh, just a ridiculous guitar player. I mean, just uh, setting up two mics in a room with them, and they just play, and she just sings, and it's just it sounds like a song. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, that nice. that's probably one of the easier recording projects I've done. That was literally just like boop here you guys go and they yeah. just sound great and I, I'm in the process of mixing that that's like eight songs I think right now um, and Darling and Darling yeah thank you for reminding me I have a lot on my plate right now we're doing a full length with another band from like Worcester area uh, called and Darling and that's more of like this like Tegan and Sarah pop kind of thing but it's not pop I guess it's more like this like we're kind of molding like this like pop grunge maybe kind of thing it's like Nirvana-esque but it's more more like Tegan and Sarah kind of female fronted mm-hmm. kind of thing that's a lot of fun too that's a little out of my element but we're kind of slowly progressing on that so that's been a lot of fun and there's i don't know at working on an addison project uh yeah what about the mighty can you talk about what mighty tortuga or are you not are we not allowed to oh i don't know that's where yeah we're just doing some vocal production for another band called mighty tortuga they're in the new london area no they're not i don't know where they're from stanford stanford yeah sorry tortuga mighty tortuga yeah good name yeah it's a cool name they're really cool dudes so um i just did a vocal production project with them yesterday that was a lot of fun just fucking writing harmonies and just Mm, blast them that's the one that's uh going to jesse cannon that one's going. That one's being uh, mixed by Jesse Cannon, I believe. I'm not sure, like how much. Yeah, so we, I can talk about that. But yeah, I, I don't know either. That's probably not a big deal. Uh, but. That's the thing. We get a lot of work that comes in where we are. You know, you're a fraction of. You know, it's worked about with a bunch of different people passed yeah. around, and that's really cool because you get a lot of other takes. You know, you know, you could do pre-pro and finish a song and mix it. And then, but it was still pre-pro, so they're going to go somewhere else, re-record it, mm-hmm. and then there's two versions of it, yeah, that are in essence both done, but one was intended as a stepping stone. I don't know. I just yeah, we sat on the couch yesterday and had a few drinks, and he was just texting me all of the all of the stuff I've done, like for demos for like because I don't listen to it. like after I'm done with it, like I'm done with it, and I don't usually go back and listen to it. But that's just like my own. Maybe that's wrong of me, but that's just what I do. Yeah. And um, so he was just sending me all this stuff, and just listening back is so funny because we worked with Real Talk, we did demos with Real Talk, and then they went to 
Who did they go I to for know. that one? I don't know. Oh, God, I should probably know. Midwest? A, B, C, T, C, B. No, it's not T, C, B. It can't be that. <laughs> but anyway, so we did demos and they went somewhere else and then, Luke, you know. I can't pull up. The, yeah, I can't yeah. pull up my leg fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Pants are tight. But no, it's it's fun to hear the process of like, oh, we did demos. Oh, this is the completed song. That's really yeah. cool. So yeah. it's, it's fun. Oh. Will you stop with those? <laughs> How many times are you planning on peeing throughout the podcast, Cameron? <laughs> oh, God, don't go on a trip with him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Constantly well, I mean, you stay. Peeing. I'm assuming it's because you stay hydrated. Cameron seems yeah. to know like a good rest or stop guy, though. Like he knows oh, all the good yeah, rest man. stops. Yeah. He also seems like he knows the good diners. Haven't used the GPS uh, since MapQuest. Wow. wow, that's impressive. Yeah. If, if, if yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. That's not true. I remember <laughs> one time. Can I just interject with a story here? One time, me and Cameron went to Warp Tour, and we stopped at the diner, and I had zero faith that Cameron knew where he was going the entire time we drove there. I don't know how we got there. And uh, the diner we stopped at was really weird. So yeah, it's on uh, Ten Rod Road in um, Exeter, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's no. a Versailles. West Greenwich. He's like, it's a, it's a. He's playing. He's acting. He's yeah. like, I don't know where I am, I and then all of a sudden you're there. Yeah, As, or he or he takes you somewhere where you don't want to be. Yep, that, that's you, a dad move. That yeah. happens all the time. I try to, to under promise and over deliver, which means <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm at. <laughs> what? So you you were saying earlier that you kind of have some funny uh, or crazy say stories about uh, uh, just your, you know, just going through and doing what you're doing. Is so, there any uh, so anything for, that comes to mind? So particularly, you know, we're at Tolman again. You know, he's doing the recording. I'm working on you know the happy consumer. Tolman is Rose City Sounds. Yeah, the, the Rose um, City Sounds. Studio. We the lady that lived across the hall. Uh, she. Had a boyfriend, um, and they were uh, enjoying their time. Yeah, which is fine because you know we you know we're sound treated. But she killed him. Yeah, he, and he what? died. And he died. She he died. literally killed him. Yeah, in and the act. I think so. We think so. Wow. Because uh, well, so we're recording, and then we had to stop because you know fire department, ambulance, cops. And I didn't want to open the door to the studio, so I was stuck in the studio. I, for... I opened the door. Yeah. He was laying down, no pants. Out cold. Whoa. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and then, you know, how do I, as a business person, convey to the client, I'm so sorry, we have to stop. Some guy died in the hall. You know, these hey, rock and happen. roll, baby. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll is right. <laughs> There's a dead uh, naked dude in the if, hallway. If, if they didn't see it then, they'd see it on tour. I in mean, the, it's, in it's, the middle right. of the session, yeah, literally. You know, just so weird things happen. You know, I don't know. My car got stolen. His car, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I remember that. My car got stolen. And I and I heard the guy get in it and drive away. I left the keys in it because I'm an idiot. I left all my clothes, my wallet, and my cell phone in my car. I'm sitting at the desk and I hear cars start and drive away. I said, "Oh, must have been the the lady across the hall. It was my car." Uh. I went to go leave. Three hours later, my car was gone. Uh, did you ever recover it? Did you find uh, it? They they found it. It was totally with the lady. No, no, the police. The police. <laughs> the police. Yeah, no, she's the just lady. Like, Listen, I just got done killing this guy. I'm gonna find your car. Don't worry. Yeah, and the guy who stole your car. Don't worry. I don't even know. He'll disappear. He'll be dead is. in the hallway pretty soon. They found it. It was totaled and grotten, abandoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you able to salvage any of your belongings? Uh, no. He stole your clothes too. Um, I mean, I don't want to assume it was. You know, it could have been. Yeah, no, it, like she... he went through my mail. Like I had mail in the car, opened up every envelope. Really? Uh, yeah, might have been a check in there. He's like, damn, Cameron, time to stop had... subscribing to Rolling Stone, bro. Yeah, took uh, took my phone, 
uh, took my weed. I had weed in the car. Oh. Took my weed. You know, so. It's tragedy. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that happens, unfortunately. You know. Jeez. That is quite the story. Yeah. I did live near a woman once uh, who ripped out the toilet in the apartment next to us <laughs> in a, like, meth rage. So I wow. feel you. I've been oh, there. No. Yeah, it must have been something like that, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. another time, too, in the same apartment, uh, the neighbor downstairs was screaming at the lady across the street, like, you're just sleeping with my husband. <laughs> and then the lady was like, no, I'm not. We're doing coke together. Oh. <laughs> that was a direct quote. It was, oh, my God. It was one of the best things I ever heard in my life. It was basically like that. Like, we'd be outside just getting, you know, fresh air outside, and there'll be people walking down the road like, what? What is this place? Is this a studio? Can I come in and record? Just like oh, some drunk That's the thing. People. The walk-ins off the street. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Constantly. Did you ever get a uh, a, a good request good from takes. the walk-in? Yeah. Did no. you get anyone from a walk-in? <laughs> no. No? no never. <laughs> never got, like, some guy with a golden voice? A lot no. of fishing, too. Like, like... Not even anywhere no. near. Not even someone that could make a sentence. Just the... No. <laughs> You should hear him play the flute. He can't put a sentence together. You should hear this guy play the flute. Listen, I was the Miles Davis of the Rose City. <laughs> down near the marina. Just yeah. playing Rhapsody in Blue down by the marina. A lot of fishing, too, like musician fishing, like fake profiles. Oh, you know, yeah. Sending, oh, I thought you meant like, literal, like... No, no, like fish, P- Like a lot of musicians P-H- fish. It's a river right there, the Thames River. Fishing for bodies. Yeah, when you you got a lot of like fake inquiries. Yeah, like fake, you know, profile. You, you know, you get a request for someone to come in, and then the day later, it's a different person, same profile. Yeah, different that name, was weird. That different a pictures. Times. Really? Know. And yeah. it, would people ever show up for these? No. We did have one guy show up. Yeah. And we just didn't open the door. Yeah, you were like, uh, uh-uh, this is weird. Like, why is this different than the person that was there? Yeah, yeah. was not the guy. Uh, well, so you... well, we opened the door. We had a consult. Well, to I mean, to be to be uh, fair no, and realistic, door, we had a consultation, and that's what it was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. Um, and we explained very specifically because this is kind of how we work. You know, you, we can't just jump in and record. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. No, you gotta like talk and kind of figure out how the other person thinks. I talked about psychology before a little bit too, so it was like kind of the same thing. Like come over we'll have a consultation we'll hang out you can see the place we'll talk a bit and uh yeah. see what your goals are and what you want to do and he was just like all right let's record when are we getting started let's do it i'm like do you have any music <laughs> like we can't do anything right now you literally don't have anything and he just like wanted us to like m- make a song make on the spot of without even knowing what he wants <laughs> it was just we were like oh we'll get together and- <laughs> What's we'll, the, we'll call you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What would you say is like? You don't have to like name names, but like what, yeah. what, 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 like what was an experience where you found like maybe say a musician who's recording to be very stubborn and like? Have you ever had anything like that, or like do you find that the majority of the people that you take on to record, you make sure ahead of time, right? That like this should be like an easygoing kind of thing. Because I'm, I mean, musicians. We're talking. You know, some people have like ego problems with their musicianship and stuff like that like have you ever encountered anything like that or has it all been pretty even keel uh, i'm sure other people would um i try my hardest not to be that way so yeah. when i'm working with you i'm working i'm working for you mm-hmm. you know i'm not gonna like i will i will never be like oh you're not you're not you're not open to anything like if you're not it's fine i like, think it's more about yeah. if you have that situation and someone is flashy it's kind of roping them in and getting all right. Let's 
play for the team, don't play for you. Yeah, yeah, right, that right, does right. happen sometimes. If it happens, I don't it say happens more it often hap- than not. Happens more often than not, and I, I think it's just kind of getting them to kind of recalibrate without yeah. insulting them. Or right, to, you know what I mean? It's just you know. Yeah, it, getting them to think bigger picture. That's about song. That's really about just like being a novice at at songwriting yeah. too. So like, and this may be far off from the question, uh, in essence. But like, we I kind of talk about when I work with people. Uh, we can only the human brain, the human ear can only interpret like basically three things at once, and one of those things is the rhythm section. I would say drums, bass, rhythm guitar, maybe keys. They all got to be working synonymously together as one element and if you have a band with like five people and they're not playing the same thing like trying to play a rhythm if you got like the keyboard player doing a solo in a verse or you got like a rhythm guitar player playing chords that the keyboard player is not playing it's like you're never gonna you're never gonna (laughs) it's not not gonna sound good you know what i mean it's just not so there's situations like that, and I would consider that egoy because you're not yeah. listening to what your bandmates are. I playing. would also consider it normal, very normal. Do you think this yeah. is a consequence of um, jamming the yeah. jam band? Because yep. like that's because I see a lot of jam band ethos in the area where it's not so much songwriter focused, and it'll be more people like jamming forever. So no, it, it, it's just a different style. It's not that it's good or bad. But, no, right. Because exactly. like uh, a live jam band can go play and they can get gigs and they can yep. be really, really, really good at that. But do you find that like when you go in the studio and it's like more of jam oriented that it's harder to record and it can get sloppier faster? It's challenging. Yeah, absolutely. It's very challenging, especially if you're trying to multi-track stuff. Right. And that's why these bands, like if they go to, and I'm not like, I'm not saying this out of any particular person or anything. It can be anyone. I mean, it, right. you know, if they're jamming in a room and they're like, yeah, we sound good. Uh, but they can't. you can't actually tell what everybody's playing. Mm-hmm. So when you go in multi-track, you're like, oh, I didn't know you played that there. Mm-hmm. I, that's not even the chord that I'm playing. Or, oh, I didn't know you did that there. That's That note's wrong on the bass. I couldn't hear it because you're in a basement jamming wicked loud. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's, yeah. There, I mean, there are some giant bands that I have just never even given a chance because I'll listen to 10 seconds and I'm like, it's five dudes just doing their own thing. Yeah, it's, this, and that's not, it's not a, a band. band. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to listen to people working together. Right. Yeah, That's, yeah. like, what the human wants. That's yeah. what I want. I want to hear people working together for a common goal. But it's yeah. super common, super normal. Right. Yes. I don't... Would you, know, you don't... if our jam band did come in and they just want that sound that they're doing anyway, which, you know, is is it of happens. itself a sound, would you just be like, let's do this live? Yeah, I do it live. Right, because yep. it that is what it is. Because, I mean, there's stuff that I want to listen to that is completely jammy and freeform, and it has to be live. Like, yep. that's just what it is. And that's it fine. Is, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. It's just a different color, you know, different paint, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But mm. it's just interesting that, like, that does happen when you do, like, have a more jam-oriented, more, like, Grateful Dead-style yeah. band that, you know, like, the structure and even the Grateful Dead's albums suffer from this because when they did go to lay them down, they're not as cohesive as they were or powerful as they were in front of the, you know what I mean? In front of the audience. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's another thing, too. And I've actually, like, heard a lot of uh, other producers or, um, you know, bigger people actually have concerts in their studio. Not concerts, but invite people over. Right. Come over, hang out. We'll get 15 people in the studio. Uh, we're going to have this live jam band play a show for you guys and just record it. Absolutely. And that, that is... actually works better than just doing it alone in the studio with that band. Right. So, they have the energy from the audience. and A classic album of that nature um, that's offhand, but uh, Fila Kute and uh, Ginger Baker uh, made an album. I think it came out in 1970. And um, that record uh, was recorded live at Abbey Road with a bunch of people in there because they were like, this is a 
James Brown D style like funk band might as well just record it all live because to get the vibe you know what I mean yeah. and so I mean like that sounds like a awesome idea for that yeah. style you know what I mean it's a great idea for that style of music it all depends on what you're trying to do yeah you know your yeah. demographic and recording can also always I mean can can be a challenging thing because a lot of people play and you feel good in the moment you're like this this sounds great mm. and you never actually listen back to like what it really was yeah so it's kind of like a reckoning sometimes you'll track something and then you'll be like oh I thought I was singing in tune but that's uh, yeah, that's rough mm. and so I'm sure that's kind of a challenge recording because back to the psychology thing, you have to be the one to be like, let's do another take of that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm really quick and I'm really like, just I try to make everybody feel comfortable and make it very clear. I'm like, this is a super, super, super non-judgment zone, period. Like, yep. don't worry. Tell me I'm an idiot if you want. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just telling you what I think uh, needs to sound good or what's going on. Like, don't feel bad if you mess up. Don't feel bad if you don't know the lyrics to your own song. That's fine. It happens. Like, we're, you're in a new space with new people. We're recording. Yeah. It's fine. Like, zero judgment. Just That's what the studio needs to be, I think. It needs to be just a space where we can talk about anything and feel comfortable yep. about talking about mm -hmm. anything. And the places that aren't like that are just not good creative. Yeah, we've had we've had experiences similar to to that of it not being a comfortable space yeah. and very much feeling like you're kind of like you know, you're not you're not you're not received as kind of like this guest. You're received as like kind of a intruder, maybe say. Cuz right. like I remember one time Luke and I went up to Rhode Island and uh, it was, like, a friend of a friend who had, like, a recording space set up in, like, this old <laughs> restaurant that the family owned and stuff. And the my connection to him, the one the friend that we had in between us, was like, yeah, come on down. It'll be fun. It'll be cool. Like, you know, no charge. We'll do it for free. Like, it's cool. And then the entire time we were there, the one who actually had the space was just being, like, a real dick to us mm. and just not really making us feel welcome. And it was, like, he was, like, passive-aggressive the whole night and kind of, like... You know, just like these low key kind of like, well, you know, I mean, like we are doing this for free, so yeah. and it's just like, don't, like, it, it's not. It was the quality was free. The, uh, yeah, and let's just yeah, <laughs> so, no. So for John real, Smith, for if real. you're listening to this, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, demo, man. demo. Yeah, no. And then what we did was we knew another guy who was a friend of a different friend who also lived in Rhode Island, as it was, and like, yeah, um, we were like, can you just do anything with can these? We, yeah, because we we're like, like this pay is you these if recordings we, can fix it. we have, like whatever. And then the whole time, that fucking guy was acting like we were these weird intruders, and he kept showing us these like promo videos of like a weird reality TV show that he and his buddies were gonna try to pitch to some major network. CMT. and he's showing it to us, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's like, we're gonna sell this to CMT. Songs, oh, man. Man. man, what are you doing? Us showing us all these like promo cuts for this fucking reality TV show, and then he had like this dope. Uh, like vintage Gibson SG hanging up. It was like the SG Junior had the P90 pickup. And that, for me, at that time, especially, like, I was, like, juniors all day. I just want P90s. I want to fucking slap. You know, like, I was so into those guitars. Great for recording. Yeah, you know. And I was like, hey, man, can I go look at it? And he's like, well, you know, just no, don't. He's like, you know, don't touch it. You know, you can go look at it. And I'm like, dude. And then he was, like, telling Luke, like, do you know how to tune your drums? Like, I was like, dude, what, did you come here to just, like, fucking roast us and, oh, and just man. like show us this yeah. shit you know but that's what i'm saying it's like it it really is like your music is your artistic expression and then to go somewhere where you want to like share this thing and actually like curate it and create this idea uh and then to have the person that you're working with just kind of be cold and dismissive and kind of can't be bothered 
it's it it's a such a shitty experience because you're like this is like me this is me in music and you're just being a dick like what the you know what i mean like that's the kind of shit that i can't i can't stand and i've i've experienced before but i've also experienced you know i've had good experiences as well too so i mean it goes either way but like I don't know. That was like that, that's kind of, that was kind of a long tangent about nothing. But no, you know what I'm it's, saying? Like, you'd be it's, surprised. I yeah. Most people, like a lot of people that I record, uh, are like, "Wow, this is like really comfortable." There's you a know? lot of yeah. disconnects of goals between the goal of the artist and the goal of the person recording and producing. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're often just never talked about. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it's for you too, because your your like your role within the the duo here is much more like. Uh, uh, like customer service and like you know, like kind of like you're you're the business guy behind it, you know. So that's the kind of shit you got to think about. I'm sure oh, you yeah. think about yeah, all the time, which is like aesthetically, like how do things look? Like every, you know what I mean? There's so much more to it because it's because if you're gonna have somebody go in and record, you want to have kind of like sort of like creative workspace that kind of inspires you to kind of do, you know, like when you go in and you see a board and you see all the things, it's just like it kind of like gets you, you know, gets you kind of excited to. I think it was you know? something that helped us in the beginning, in particular, like, you know, if, if we were doing a project, you know, I was basically the only one that had to be like, hey, this is how much it costs. You right. never had to have that conversation. So never. it was a very clear separation of, right, right. he's a producer, it, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, quote unquote, managing the, yeah. the financial end of it. Sure. And I think that helped. Yeah, yeah. it's just separate. He never had to have that conversation. It was a nice yeah. diversity of animosity. Yeah, yeah. I don't want because I don't want artists ta- like working with me and then thinking I gotta pay fucking pay this guy. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when when yeah, they yeah. never, you know, they never paid. They me. never they felt paid that way right. because they paid me. Yeah. Right, right. No, right, right. That, that's a that's a, a great yeah. like look looking system. But that the you guys thing, have. the thing too, though, I think is is like okay, so they go in and they work with you and they have this positive experience, and then when they talk to you about having to pay for money, uh, pay uh, like pay money, it's like. You know what I mean? After they, if they have an experience with you and it's a positive one, then they're like, "Oh, it was worth it, regardless." You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like you want, like you want to make it so that way the musician wants to come to you, right? Like you, right. you want to be like their producer. You want to be their studio. You know, if they're, I mean, depending on the situation, like, but if they're a good band and the chemistry's there, you know what I mean? The, this is a thing I'm pretty big on right now, and I think we experienced it in the beginning. We had no set rate. Yeah. We developed our rate over time by producing right. a you know an outcome for the artists a lot of people say you know I'm you know I'm $50 an hour that's what it is yeah that to me is combative yeah in, in a way it's never going to be the same it's never going to be the same yeah like the artist is never the same right and i think like cuz i i have a a buddy who uh has his stu- has a studio in old where was it old lime zach yeah lunara studios it's called and uh, he's very similar to the way that you guys are in that way too, where it's just like because I I used to do lessons at a, a music store and he had his place out of the back of the music store and I was talking to him and he's like, you know, money was when we talk when I talked to him he'd be like, yeah, you know, I don't know, man, like I usually will charge like a flat rate, whatever, but I I don't know, I think that like how you said where you didn't have a flat rate, you didn't whatever, that to me shows that you guys are genuinely doing it because you want to do it that. That the main goal is the music and the production, and the money in turn ends up being a byproduct. It that is. it's beneficial, of course. It's, 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 it's needed. It's needed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? To do what you guys got to do. You you don't avoid the reality of it, but the fact that, um, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's, that's a cool way of doing it where you initially start out. You don't necessarily have a flat rate. You kind of see where you are, and you kind of feel everything out rather than just being like, like you said, like yeah. hard line, nope. 
that's it. Whatever, because I mean, as time if I goes did on, that every time, we would have had half the work. And right. It's, yeah. You know, on, on the other grand scale of all that too, it's it's interesting. Like, if like artists will like listen to this and then like know who you know what I mean, just mm. to know who you guys are and like what you guys offer and who you are as people is like I think it's interesting because yeah. a lot of the times going to a studio for bands is is intimidating and you only meet kind of a little bit and i think it's you know what i mean that's why i think like even like talking to people that runs you guys and um zach right and it just ends up being like oh it makes it more of a community Mm -hmm. of of people where you guys don't seem like you're like some far away step where you can be more integral you know what i mean just i just more like humanize the process of like we've always worked within budgets of bands and and that's something we've asked what's your budget and if we can't We'll set, well, if we can't, I'll recommend someone to you. Right, yeah. and, and that's cool that. too. We've actually yeah. steered people away to other studios, not even necessarily for a financial thing, no, but even for I, a vibe if, thing. If, I, yeah, if yeah. we thought that they would be better, we knew a guy and we thought they would be better for them, we've done that. And then they've gone on and had a successful time. Yeah. And it all works out. Yeah. It's it's, it's all, a self-awareness thing. Yeah. Like, I want to be best friends with everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to be, like, I'll be friends with you. I'll be in the band with you, like, for the time you're recording. Like, I'll be, I'll join. We'll joke. We'll go get food. We'll do whatever you want to do. Like, I'm, like, I'm here to have fun with you guys. If I can't have fun, I mean, some people don't like doing that, and that's fine. And I'll be your, I'll be your bitch, too. Like, I'm fine with yeah. that, too. I'll just do, like, work if you want me to do that. But it always turns out better if we're just having fun. Yeah, because you curate, kind of, it becomes yeah. more of, like, a community you know thing like yeah. everyone it's the you're it's getting the some of the parts of it too yeah there the is no parts, alpha beta no situation no, no. and i, I think mean, that's important but i think it probably happens maybe in other places if you're looking for advice and i'll give you advice like you know what i mean so there's that aspect of it but yeah there's no like i'm better than you and it's and i don't think that that should be and, even because in bands not. i don't think i try to i try to diffuse that too when it yeah. happens in bands maybe that's me stepping in a little bit too much of it but if i see like a drummer shutting down a guitar player's idea when i think the guitar player's idea is a good idea i'll kind of be like well, well we should try it like it sounds like yeah. a good idea yeah, you know yeah. maybe you should not play a fill this whole entire verse so we can actually pay attention to what the lyricist is saying right, right. right. And, and what's trying it cost really five ten minutes yeah 15 minutes let's try it i try right. to try i try to try everything even right. if i know something isn't going to work at least yeah. it gives someone a voice mm. Yeah. Even if that person, because I don't want someone to feel like they can't say something. Yeah. So I'll go out of my way if the shy person suggests something. I'll go out of my way to like do what they said. Yeah. At least for five, ten minutes. Lack yeah, of experimentation only costs the band. Right. Yeah. You yeah. don't know it's a bad idea unless you hear it. You never know right? it's a bad idea unless you hear it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I have a I have a general question. Yeah. Off. Let's hear. No, that's all right. Um. What are some records that you guys consistently like go back to and mine and like love and just listen to constantly and like find new things in things like that? Just anything that had been at the studio, um, at the studio or just out there in the world, like production, you know, records that you love the production of, the sound of. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything just. Do you want to add any of this? I mean, for. Because we could talk about that shit for another hour. So I could talk about that. In regards to stuff you've touched, I still love the Motion Radio record a lot. I listen to it a lot. And what's it called? 14 Watts. 14 Watts. Okay. Yeah. It is a band that, you know, came through our door. Mm. I listen to it all the time. I still love it. I listen to a lot of stuff that, you know, you do or, you know, people that have come through often you probably I probably listen, listen to it me. way more than you, yeah, yeah way more than he does mm. and the cool thing is because you know as they're doing it you know I'll get 10 passes mm. of a song so I get to hear all 10 versions of it yeah I'll, it, I'll, I get to I'll fly things to him all the time yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So that for me is fun because you go to the store, you buy. Well, I mean, nobody goes to a store and buys a record, but I do. You, uh, yeah, you do. do. I do. I'm about the only. Yeah. <laughs> but you only. Me and Luke. You only hear the end product. You only hear what came out. Right. You know. So for me, it's exciting because I get to hear it through all the stages of creation. Right. Right. And right. in in some cases, you know, especially you know, you know, bands that have done pre-pro or gone elsewhere. You know, we'll have totally different takes on which version is better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it happens. Yeah. You know, or or with with bands. You know, bands want to go a certain direction. You know, and it's all you know. You make the client happy, but you know, I find version two and three perhaps better than version five or six. But they release version five and six. Yeah. But I still get right. to go back to the earlier versions. So you guys keep a, a pretty um, extensive library of things or do you erase a lot no i have like i have oh, like great. everything yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, nice pretty, pretty, pretty much you know like for the 10 year anniversary of a record they can come back to you and grab the demo versions of yeah. songs and stuff yeah, yeah I have you like do like six limited. terabytes full right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's what's cool i mean that's what you see a lot of say in like the i don't want to you know quote unquote classic rock world i mean that's what a lot of these bands do right they it's like a 20 or 30 year anniversary of a certain album they go back to the vault and mm-hmm. they find, you know, like three or four demo tracks of, like, say, hit songs and they just tag it on the end of the album, you know. Yep. And it's cool for the listener, too, because you can hear. I always love that. I, I love when, when bands attach those types of songs to albums because sometimes you get a little bit of them, like, talking in the beginning. You get a little bit. You know what I mean? You get a couple. I forget what album it was I was listening to, but you get it all the time in those demo recordings where like the like the band will start playing the song and then it'll stop a false and then start. start yeah, yeah they'll do like two or three false starts and then it'll kick into yeah. the song like I don't know for me just because I'm a music nerd like I love nerding out on that shit and I just love hearing that stuff because I for me it's so interesting like what were they talking about the in the process. studio that day like like were they talking about the weather like you know there's just so many like just generalized little conversations that happen here and there between songs and shit that that I think is just such a fun thing to hear because there's still it's still people, you know, like it's still we're still people. We fucking, you know, we have rough days. We get caught in traffic. We do, you know, so that was quite the tangent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's listen, I know I'm getting a little space cadet heat here, no, no, but no. I'm just saying, man, like sense. that's that we like to, we, we just like to cover that kind of stuff whenever we're talking about music is like the human element of things, like especially for huge artists, you know, because they've like certain artists especially from like the main chunk that we talk about like the late 60s the early 70s have kind of been risen up to these godlike you know kind of uh uh figures and it's just kind of like yeah Keith Richards still has to cut his toenails you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like to think. I, I know that's a weird. That's, I'm making that. the same faces over here. Yeah. Though. All right. No, I'm I, going I, off the fucking no, rails. You're off but, the rails. You know, I'm I, with you. You feel exactly you know what, I'm what you're to say? talking about? I know what you're talking about because it's like yeah, if fucking. I don't know, Robert Plant's driving in the studio or something like that and hits traffic, yeah. he's fucking pissed, and maybe that song was better that day because he was pissed. Right, thank you. And that's yes. that's crazy to think about, and people don't think about or that. Or maybe it had it a doesn't breakdown. Have to be, you don't have to be happy to make yeah. good music. Right. Most, that's what I mean. It's like it could have been something as stupid as so-and-so was brushing their teeth and the, uh, okay, the fucking I, I, I toothpaste stained their lapel, and then they go to the studio, oh, and they're fuck. like, this fucking day Word. sucks. I fucking stained my, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, and then they're like, all right, well, take one. One of my, you know? one, just, one of my favorites is uh, the first track off of Radiohead's The Be- uh, Radiohead's The Benz is Planet Telex, and the vocals were done by Tom York while he was laying down on the studio floor because he was so drunk. Yeah. And that's the take they got. Yeah. 
and that's what they wanted. That's what it, that's yeah. sometimes that's yeah. what is needed. Yeah. Sometimes that's what is needed. I had a vocal, uh, not a vocal production teacher. I'm sorry. I, I went to Berkeley, uh, and one of my professors was um, one of the producers for uh, Radiohead, and they uh, he produced Creep, which was just them jamming in a studio, and they weren't even allowed to be recording that song at that time. Uh, and it was just like his interpretation of all that was pretty crazy. It was just funny. They were just live. They literally like one taked it and it was just live. Right. It's legit. That one's legit. You have to actually pee now. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll let Mac, we'll let Mac yeah, talk about like records that you really love. If yeah, not your own I, work, then maybe definitely not my own work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have this conversation every now and again too, where we say, okay, like in your opinion, what was like the best era for like production? Like Luke always does oh reference like rumors. You know, rumors, Fleetwood Mac, like that album. Uh, oh yeah! Just the way it was. It was kind of like everything. The stars just kind of aligned for that record, and it just sounds so good, you Dude, know. Like, so do you have any record? Yeah, that record sounds so good. Yeah. It stands up to literally anything right, right. now. Yeah, anything yeah. right now. It does. It's popular on TikTok right now. Yeah, it's like super, super coming around again. Like that sounds so good. And if you can make that happen, and this is kind of what I talk to people too. I'll go on on like a really small tangent. If that's still popular, that still sounds good. You have no fucking excuses about gear yeah you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. dude just sh- shut up about gear get a mic and fucking record something because yeah. if that record sounds good it doesn't matter because anything that you can buy in the store even if it's like some behringer interface it's still better quality than what they had yeah maybe not like the console and the preamps and the mics but the converters better than tape yeah you know so yeah, yeah. have you and, do you have any experience with recording with like a- like all analog kind of setup Oh yeah, I mean, I have. Uh, we've gone through stages of buying crazy gear, and uh, I've had like SSL compressors, like real SSL compressors that are like really nice, and like using Neve preamps. And uh, in the Glossenberry Studio, I use API preamps. I mean, those are great. Um, they had a Toft console, not a Toft console, a Trident console. Yeah, I've used Audient consoles, like large format. Uh, audience consoles and toft consoles which are kind of like uh they're kind of like british style kind of thing so um yeah i like it i like digital (laughs) yeah it's just easier it's just i'm quick man i like writing song i like songs and the only way to get songs out is to be quick Mm -hmm. i think the only way to get good ideas out you think about things too long it starts to get dissolved and and sometimes it's good to work on and actually get the correct thing but the faster you are the the, you can get your idea out don't don't think too much you know don't think about it too much so, but yeah, that dreams, oh, so so good. And it's so soft, so and everything good. sounds so clear. Like everything's so made, good, like, yeah. so delicately. Clear. It's so clear. The drums sound so good. The songwriting in it. Like, is, is there any like uh, what like do you go? Because I know that you're like a drummer. Do you go for any other type of drum sounds like that? Just like what other? Is there another record that you fall in love with? Like the drums are perfect on that. I have a whole list. Oh, let's hear. It. Like, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to hear that. Uh, so okay, so for drum, yeah, I like drums. So pretty much all of these records are like have really good drum tones. But um, I follow producers a lot, so uh, these are a list of producers that I really like, but it's like the obvious, like Chris Lord Algie, Eric Valentine, Chad Blake, uh, Andy Wallace, and I'll name a few record or a few like bands of that, but Eric Valentine did like Good Charlotte. Those drums are insane. I'm not sure if you, you guys uh, might not be into that kind Did of music, he do but... like Lifestyles of yeah, the Rich and Famous? Yeah. Dr- that, yeah. The, the, yeah, the drum beat on that is so heavy and it's... Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's yeah. the whole song. It's like Lust for Life drums almost. It's just incre- like incredible, incredible engineer, m- mixer, like everything. Um, he did the Taking Back Sunday stuff, did newer Weezer stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, did uh, All-American Rejects. 
Uh, Maroon 5, It Won't Be Soon Before Long. That record sounds so good. So, so good. Um, Chad Blake, uh, Black Keys Brothers. That record has the best low end ever. Like, it just sounds so absolutely fucking good. If you like that kind of music, if you like Black Keys, like, listen to that. Yeah, that's a great album. That album is, sounds absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, he did, Chad Blake also did Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's the newest one. That one sounds absolutely incredible. I mean, Chad Blake's probably one of my favorite mixing engineers, like, period, but... Uh, and all the and um, the Fiona Apple record just off of like uh, sounding good is amazing. I have this playlist on my Apple Music called uh, Mix Reality, which is kind of like I stole it from Greg Wells, uh, who has done like Katy Perry and Adele and stuff. And he talks about having a Mix Reality playlist, and it kind of sets me back. Like I'll listen to the songs in my Mix Reality playlist and be like, "All right, my mix has got to be like around here." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like the low end, the high end, the where the vocal is sitting in the in the in the depth. Uh, and the quality, but um, I one, love the Fiona Apple. That yeah, Fiona Apple is amazing. Favorite, favorite album of this year, but even like her past four albums are just—they're some of my favorite. albums. They're so time. good. Um, when the pawn hits the conflicts, yeah, he thinks like pink. That <laughs> record best. is so dumb amazing. And if you haven't yeah. listened to it, you gotta listen the to it. The drums on that are fucking. The drums incredible. on that are incredible. Yeah. Specifically, Get Gone and On the Bound. Those two, like, check them out. They are insane. Like, listen to that. It sounds so good. It sounds so good. Um, and then, obviously, Chris Lord Algae, because I'm, like, a punk pop-punk kind of dude. Like, Green Day stuff, My Chemical Romance stuff, The Used, great. And then uh, Andy Wallace, who, Nevermind, A Day to Remember, uh, Rage Against the Machine, Linkin Park, Metallica. Foo Fighters. Yeah, like, all that stuff's like, sounds so fucking good. Anything Andy Wallace did in that kind of genre is, like, tops. Like, just sounds great. Nothing mm. beats that stuff. Um, and I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> right on. I love Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, 1989, if you're looking for a pop record, 1989 mm. sounds so dumb good. And the songwriting is so good. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. But all those records for drums, uh, listen to the Fiona Apple record and Black Keys. I'm sure you've listened to Black Keys, but... I've definitely heard that one. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah, the Fiona Apple drums, man. I could talk for days about how good those drums sound. And her vocal quality, and, like, it's just it's just insane. Yeah. Like, it's just insane. I don't even understand. Like, yeah. It's so good. Right on. I'll have to listen to that one. Is that a good place to leave it? I think so. Yeah. Right. We we end uh, the podcast with just a segment like, what have you been listening to lately? So... Oh, okay. If you guys have anything yeah, you want to throw Yeah, if you guys have out. anything like... Uh, just, just like for general music recommendations or even if it's just uh, whatever. I mean, uh, my... I always end up just kind of saying the same bands. Anyway, well, I can me and Mike, me and Mike did an episode by ourselves the other day. But yeah, if and you guys have about any, it, but yeah, please. yeah. So you guys, as being the guest, man, like you have the floor. Like, is there any? Are there what? Just whatever's just on Spotify or whatever. <laughs> Cheryl Crow, Cheryl Crow, everything Cheryl oh, Crow's ever done. Cheryl Crow, <laughs> huh? Wide open space. Is that Cheryl Crow? No. Um, all I want to do is have some fun, man. Yeah, man. Great. Oh man, it's so good. Everything that she does is so good. Yeah, seriously, the greatest hit, Cheryl Crow. Just listen to that. What? Uh, you said Cheryl Crow when I was thinking Kid Rock. Uh, Kid oh, Rock. I put your picture. That's what I thought when you said. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man, she's. Man, okay, now you're you ever listen me... to the... Cheryl Crow, dude? You yeah. ever listen to the Toy Matinee record? Mm-mm. Which was so Cheryl Crow's boyfriend during her whatever that big album in like '95 was. He co-wrote all the songs with her. Oh, um, okay. I forget his name, but he was the singer of this project called Toy Matinee, which was four just studio pros coming together and making a record. Oh, I'll have to listen it's, to that then. It's it's like art pop rock. It's kind of Pink Floydy. 
it's very weird it's a little jarring mm. it doesn't really hit me the songwriting but it's it's just weird it's worth it's worth checking out toy matinee toy matinee it's it's weird though you might you might get halfway through the first song and be like Ugh. no i'll listen to <laughs> i literally force myself to listen to full yeah. records like uh i don't know new ariana grande record like mm. i didn't like it at first listen mm. But like, I'll force myself to listen to things multiple times and be like, "Why is this good? Why is this popular? What's going on? Why yeah. do people like this?" And then eventually, I'll be like, "Damn, this okay, this is good." Yeah. Uh, you were talking about drum tones, dude. Cheryl Crow drum tones. Mm. If it makes you happy, those drum tones, so good. Uh, I also like the jam. Every day is a winding road, dude. How yeah. did they make Get the guitar tone closer. sound like a winding road? <laughs> like it sounds so good. <laughs> like the guitar tone is so good on that record. Like that song. Yeah, it's so insane. I feel like an artist. Like we kind of. I mean, I mean, Lenny Kravitz. We do that with Lenny yeah. Kravitz. We're like, oh, oh yeah, man. Like it ain't over till it's over. Yes. It's my my favorite bass tone of all time. Yeah, and it's, I, it, I think he's just basically doing a pedal low E the whole time and then like coming up and doing some fills and it's just so thick sounding. Being reserved is always the right choice. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. you're going to get the best tones if you're playing one note the whole time and like nobody wants to do that but like yeah. that's the way to go. You want to get good drum tones, boom, gah, boom, boom, gah, just simple, straight, whatever. It'll sound great. You can make, you can smash them. It'll sound awesome. I'm so into your jazz channel that you. Oh yeah, the yeah. YouTube jazz. Channel. Oh, what yeah. you've been listening? You just yeah, jazz it up, called? Cameron. Your jazz cat. I just literally go into Google and type in live yeah. jazz. He's been sending me jazz uh, videos that I put my AirPods in and I go to bed and I leave. It's like an eight-hour video. Yeah. I, so have you like just been kind of getting into jazz recently? We're crazy jazz well, freaks. It's not. Over it's here, not so. like jazz. It's it's not. It's like karaoke jazz. Okay. <laughs> so it's like super hi-fi recorded. Uh, covers of songs or just people riffing but it just sounds it just sounds great and it's great background music and, it, and it's really nice and it gives you ideas because like you don't hear these kind of like melodic or harmonic ideas in, in pop music so it kind of like comes into my production play too mm. where I'm like well we should play we should do a half step on this and like or like mm. weird things yeah and so but that's that's a great great thing to just listen to who does that feature are there any like song wise like do you have any favorites of those songs that you've uh come I, I literally or is it more just like random kind of random it's random stuff yeah. it's a yeah. random uh and i think they some of them loop yeah you, know, you get four hours in, you start a little but i'm asleep it, yeah. it helps me sleep is why i'm doing it is it like uh vocal singing nope. jazz no, and stuff no, or no, it's just all instrumental, instrumental. Nice. yeah just like bass uh piano like drums and that's it basically oh nice but it's, if it's not cool. that then the two and a half men theme song <laughs> is a good one for hours <laughs> put it on loop you'll fall asleep every time <laughs> yeah. right it's two and a half men is that the, the show men, 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 men. yeah that yeah. One, right? yeah. yeah i got a jazz yeah. cut to recommend um the song birdland which i think was was written by joe zawinul from weather report buddy rich did a version Ooh. from like 78 and I think Buddy Rich at the time was like 61, 62 years old. It is so fast. The The hi-hats are so crisp. It's like... It is nuts. There's live video of it. It's like Buddy Rich and like 15 white dudes all wearing tuxedos <laughs> and playing their asses off. And he is an old, angry man. He's staring down the band when they're just like a millisecond off the beat. It is so crisp. Like, listen to that drum stuff. You'll dig it, man. The hi hat alone is just like, how does somebody play that on a hi hat? Yeah, he does that over under stuff too, right? right. Yeah. yeah, chopping yeah. underneath. Oh my stuff god! Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh my god! Why are you even doing that? And I, I got two records to recommend. Um, one is uh, an African musician named Ebo Taylor, mm. who my friend Roy and I have been trying to think for months of his name. 
I could picture the cover. It was green. It's like handwritten. I think it's called Me and My Music. It's a four-cut al- four EP album. I think it's like 38 minutes, even though it's only four songs. It is incredible. It's not quite the funk, Fela Kuti type stuff. It's a little more of the laid-back, horn-heavy, a little kind of like jazz big band style of Afropop. Ebo Taylor, incredible. And the other one is a more contemporary one. I think it came out last year. Uh, the Brittany Howard solo album, the lead singer of Alabama Shakes. Mm. The album is Brittany Howard. No disrespect. Can't remember the bass player from Alabama Shakes, but he's amazing. He plays on it. Robert Glasper on keys, uh, jazz piano player. And Nate Smith on drums, who's like one of the best drummers out there. Talk about drum sounds. The album is sick. It's called Jamie by Brittany Howard. Cool. I just I'm just mm. writing all those yeah, down yeah, right I now. So thank you. I listen to literally literally everything. So right on. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we go, yeah. thank you for oh yeah. Uh, us also, down. shout out you guys' yeah. stuff again. So you yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media, all that stuff. What you know? Where yeah, can people your, find you? Oh, what's your uh, personal? I don't know. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I don't tell care. them your personal. Uh, ins- what are you, Instagram? Uh, I, you I don't even know easier. what my personal Instagram is. Hold on, let me look. Um, but. If you if you find me on uh, Mackenzie Christensen, just find me on like Facebook or my Instagram is um, let me find it. It's uh, I don't even know. Hold on, Mac M A C W C. Just like message me and I'll give you any info that you want to give you. Not even if you want to work. I don't care if you want to work with me or not. But if you want to talk music or you want to talk like what I think, like, we'll like, we'll go I'll anywhere. Talk to you. You'll yeah, go I don't anywhere. Care. I'll give you any yes to everything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah. Thanks let, for coming down, let's guys. Do a song sometime. You yeah. I should come up. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Black Door Sound, man. Yeah. Black Door Thank Sound. Thank you. Thanks. And you guys want to come back on again? Yeah, you got, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're Anytime. both more than welcome to come on. You know what I mean? The more the merrier. We can uh, generally, you know, obviously you guys talked about the studio and stuff today. But uh, yeah, man, come on. We'll Even... do a deep dive on anything. We can do a deep dive on rumors with oh, you man. one time. If you want to oh, just like yeah. go down Absolutely. the rabbit hole, you know, or. I'll get into what, it. Yeah. 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 Whatever or, you guys are into. Yeah. If you guys got a band too that you're excited about and you think that would be cool and wants to talk to us. You know? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Too, any musicians yeah. or anything, just send them our way, yeah. man. We're more than happy to talk to you guys because for us, it's just like trying to build up a musical community again, you know, and just kind of. That's good. You yeah. know, everybody, we all hold each other up, you know, depending, like, whether it's a podcast or a studio or a band or a magazine or a whatever it is, you know, that's kind of like what we're trying to do. So The rise and fall of PJ O'Connor's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Good. It's just a lot. That, now. That's some good final words, Cameron. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> Thanks again for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank See you. Next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a bunch more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage. <laughs>